This is the Truth Network. Hidden treasures of the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Is there a ton to unpack <laughs> in this Christmas verse of the eighth chapter of the Song of Solomon? I think we could be unpacking it for ages. I so often wonder, man, how much is it that I don't know about so many different things? Anyway, <laughs> this is the hey verse, which has to do with an expression and oh is, was, uh, is being expressed here. Um. I unpacked this some in my show on Saturday, but I, there's so much more God had for me, especially today. Quite a surprise I'll share with you at the end <laughs> that he gave me today that still is blowing my mind. Anyway, it says in English, who is this that cometh out of the wilderness leaning upon her beloved? I raised thee up under the apple tree. There thy mother brought thee forth. There she brought thee forth that bare thee. So... <laughs> Oh my, I don't know where to start except, you know, the thing that just jumps out at me here is that, you know, we've heard and we've talked about in several episodes that, that the, um, Solomon in his infinite wisdom really was talking about this idea of don't arouse or awaken love until it or he please, depending on how you want to read that. And obviously he's making a, an issue of that with the idea that, to arouse is that word of what Adam and Eve were after they were naked and they hid. That idea of being naked um, in that way is to arouse, where interestingly, to, to awaken is the, what Adam and Eve were in chapter 2 of Genesis. And, and so here, what jumps out at you is the fact that it says, and this is the, um, uh, the bride that is speaking, and she says, I aroused you. So, you know, he, she's, she's talked about this timing three different times, that the timing has to be perfect. And so we're here seeing this idea of timing in so many different ways that we'll get into. But it's critical to understand in this verse that she is here saying that I did what was that I've told you not to do unless it was exactly the right time. So apparently this must have been the exact right time, and that's illustrated in so many different ways in the first. So she is clearly the one who says that, and I find it fascinating, beyond fascinating, though neither Rashi or Matthew Henry point out what I just described to you, but they both point out that they emphatically believe that it is the bride who is saying this statement, which is critical to understanding the word, words of the verse, is who said this, right? Who You know, after... Um, after it says, who is this coming out of the wilderness? Somebody said, right, I raised thee up under the apple tree, where that word is definitely that word that says don't arouse or awaken, right? The idea of arouse is right here. So she is saying she aroused Jesus right here. And, and what an amazing thing. And based on that arousal, <laughs> right, it says there thy mother, and that word there is a really, really cool word in Hebrew, and it means there and then. It, it's kind of like one package. <laughs> so there and then thy mother brought thee forth. So based on her being essentially naked and, and arousing him, what did that nakedness look like? Well, it looked like she was afraid, just like it was for Adam and Eve in the, in the garden. They were naked and they were afraid. And, and so 
you know, as I mentioned in my show on Saturday, there's no doubt in my mind that, that as she was naked and afraid there under the apple tree, and the word apple, as I mentioned in my show, is the same word as the breath that was breathed, right? God breathed breath into our nostrils, and that first word of breath is the word that's apple. So this apple breath, <laughs> right? So it's definitely a reference, in my opinion, to the Holy Spirit. And so you, you know it's really, really cool, and I saw this over this weekend, that the word Holy Spirit in Hebrew starts with a resh. It's rach, and, and you can hear that R sound. Well, that, that resh means the headwaters, but it also means first. And it just occurred to me that, you know, one of the first things we see in the Bible is, right, the Spirit hovered over the waters. Well, <laughs> waters in so many different ways is related to mother, believe me. In the, in the second letter of the word mother is a mem. And, and, and so, but we saw first as the Spirit was hovering over the waters, and we know the Holy Spirit hovered over Mary, and that's how we ended up with Jesus. And so that's all about this idea, in my opinion, of Mary meaning this, this morning or tears, and Mary again beginning with the word mem, <laughs> which is beautiful is that she's the mother. But as I mentioned in my show on Saturday, you know, as we, as we got naked there in front of Jesus and, and showed him that we really were scared and afraid, the Holy Spirit then showed us what it was that, that we needed to see that Jesus could cover us, that he was our redeemer, and in doing so, the tears flowed because that's the mem. And there and then, when those tears flowed, right, is, is at the point of this unbelievable conversion where the kinsman redeemer, which is very much connected to this verse in so many different ways, there lays his cover like Ruth at the feet of Boaz. You know, he's going to put this cover over her. And so at this point in time, there and then, in one miraculous moment, for you and me, we brought forth Jesus. That if, if we were the only ones, right, that got naked in front of Jesus and showed him how scared and afraid we were, just like he did for Adam, there he is going to make covers for us. And, and there is what roused him under the apple tree, and that breath aroused him to come forth from his mother, <laughs> Mary, <laughs> which is us, because he's born in us. And, and so, you know, Mary, did you know <laughs> that you're a Mary? <laughs> in, in so many different ways, you know, that's what it says. So the part of the mystery that I was still struggling with this morning, uh, as I was searching this again, because the Holy Spirit kept sending me back to this verse, like you're missing something, you're missing something. Even though I thought, man, I've learned more in this verse than I can possibly even imagine. I can't even imagine what else I don't know. But anyway, the thing that we, the Holy Spirit kept having me struggle with is that twice it says, brought thee forth, which is a word in Hebrew, which that was the surprise that God had for me, okay? Of course, this is a surprise I'm talking about that he gave me this morning because it was this morning I was trying to figure out why this word is repeated twice, what is it about this word that really is the same and usually translated travail? This, these are birth pains, okay, in so many different ways, the idea of birth pains, and, it, and it's so beautifully illustrated in the Hebrew, although I felt like I was missing something, and boy, was I, okay? So there's a het, we've talked about so many times, is the first letter in that idea of our union with Christ, okay, or anytime a baby's born, you're going to have to have a het because you've got a female energy, um, uh, you got a male energy coming down, a female energy going back up, and het to tear across the top, 
And that letter het is what starts this, which also starts the word statutes, which we're ever in search of. The second letter is a bet, which means house. It also means bar or son, which would be very much connected to childbirth, right? Because obviously you got this union that, that's bringing forth this son and then a lamet. And, and somehow or another, you know, this, this is the same word that also is translated as sailor and rope. And, and these things are all connected in an interesting sort of way that when somebody's having labor pains, you know, all these muscles are contracting like a rope. And, 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 and the idea of a sailor and rope, and, and interestingly, even the word mast are all connected to this word. And I knew that, but I kept on thinking there was something, there was something, and I was searching, 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 and I searched actually for, you know, maybe an hour or so. And what I tend to do is I just go through the strong concordance, looking at Hebrew words that are connecting to the word that, that I'm trying to figure out here. And so, you know, looking at the other words that come from the same root as this word to give me a sense of, the, of the, what the real deep meaning of the word is. And so as I'm thumbing through essentially on my tablet, the different <laughs> words in the strong concordance that are connected to this, I come across, you know, a word anyway, I'm just summing through it and I just think, well, I'm not going to find at this point in time, it's my time's about up. I know I've got to start to get ready for work, whatever. And I'm like, man, I'm just lost. And so I looked at my phone to make a, to go look at my notes actually one more time to see what I was missing. I just knew that there was something there and, and you know, I hadn't gotten the, the, the real zest that, that, or that quickening that God often gives me in the morning. And I, 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 I just felt like, man, I, I, there's something I'm missing here. And so I went to check my phone and, you know, looked away from my tablet for a minute and, and got a wonderful text from my best friend. And, and I was texting him back and forth and, and, um, then I went back to my tablet to kind of close it because I was going to, you know, get ready for work. <laughs> and I looked down at the word that was there on the tablet that was obviously had the same, you know, basic root as the word um, for travail or birth pains. And I, and it absolutely blew my mind. And you may remember that, you know, back a few months ago when I was out walking and I told this story about when, you know, I'd asked God to show me something really cool on my walk. And there in this river, as I was looking at the riverbed, there was, you know, for some reason, this Rose of Sharon had come up on the, on the rock on the riverbed. And there was the most beautiful flower I'd ever seen in my life that was sitting in the midst of this river. There's actually a picture of it there when I did that episode that time. So the Rose of Sharon, which is the very first thing in the second chapter, it says, I'm the Rose of Sharon, the Lily of the Valleys is a significant thing to me because God showed me that that day. And it's also always been a significant thing to me because he knows how I love the song of Solomon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so this morning when I look back at this word, I'm like, Oh my goodness. Look what the word is. It is the, the, the Hebrew version of the song of, of, of the Rose of Sharon. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to pronounce it. It's like a, a habit list. And, and this, just jumped out at me that, oh my goodness, this has got the same root with a couple of cool letters with it of the idea of birth pains. And the idea of that is this idea of flowering. Well, that word is only used twice in the scriptures. Okay. And then I, 
went and looked in Isaiah 35, 1, which is where the word is again. And so I wanted to read for you this morning kind of the passage where you can see how much this is a idea of birth pains is this idea of a flower opening because you're fixed to have the unbelievable birth of Jesus, okay? And you can see it so clearly in Isaiah 35. But Isaiah 35, when you read it, it, you know, you can't help but go, okay, well, there's something in Isaiah 34 we got to understand. So Isaiah 35, I'm going to read it, and then we're going to go back to a little bit of Isaiah 34 and a little more of Isaiah 35, okay? So it says, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. So the question you just beg is, you know, what's the them? And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose is what it says, but that is that word. The only other place you find it in the scriptures, it will blossom as the rose of Sharon, okay? And so if you go back to 34 and pick it up <laughs> where, you know, to me, clearly it's coming back at the Song of Solomon in so many different ways because we talked about in the seventh chapter how he was going to take care of hold of these thorns and bleed that we would be made clean. All this stuff's happening here in, the, in, a, in a moment of time that is the there and then that's described in this verse. But here as we take this up in verse 13 of chapter 34 of Isaiah, it says, and thorns shall come upon in these places. And again, what he's talking about, Isaiah, is how desolate um, the area of Israel is going to be based on what happens before Jesus comes. And it says, and thorns shall come up in her places, nettles and brambles in the fortresses thereof, and all shall be a habitation of dragons and courts for owls. And moving down to the 17th verse, and he hath cast the lot for them, and his hand has divided them by the line. They shall possess it forever from generation to generation. They shall dwell within. Okay, so he, what he's talking about, obviously, is something's happened. He's taken hold of these thorns, and now it says, the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with the joy of singing, and the glory of Lebanon, okay? Well, think about all these things we've studied in the Song of Solomon. It says, it will, with the, right, remember this, the, the um, winter is over and, and the, you know, the time of the singing birds has come and the glory of Lebanon shall be given unto the excellence of Carmel, right? You remember of Carmel and of Sharon and they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of thy God. And I won't rob you of the joy of reading the rest of the 35th chapter of of Isaiah, but let me just tell you, Jesus is, is coming. And, and the point is that clearly the Holy Spirit through Isaiah here is very well aware of what it says in the Song of Solomon. And here is telling you what this verse is really sharing is that unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And that last word in this verse is Yalit. And it and and you might know that in you know Isaiah nine it says unto us a child is born. But when you look at it, it says born, born, yalit, yalit. And here at the end of this verse, <laughs> if the fifth chapter, I mean the fifth verse in the eighth chapter, we see this word once again, yalit. And the idea is a child is born. And that child was born and given forth by his mother, which is Mary, so that he would be able to take hold of those thorns and take away your stain that you would be the naked that was the awakened naked that Solomon described after he says, arouse or awaken love till it's time. So here in exactly the perfect time, 
exactly the perfect time Jesus came, not only for Mary, but for you. Thanks for listening.